You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode is a special episode because it's our birthday. Yay! It's sort of our birthday. It's our 50th. It's our 50th episode. It's close to being one year, but it is 50 episodes. (laughs) Holy shit. Can you believe we've been doing this for a year? Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like... A year. It feels like at least a year. Although I feel like we've gotten a little, like, we've streamlined it. So, like, at first I was like, wow, this takes me, like, 20 hours a week. And now it's, like, streamlined. Now we're professionals. Yeah, it's much faster, even though we're doing the same amount of work. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, so what we're doing this episode is we're answering special questions that people sent in for this episode. Uh, It's an AMA-type situation, but... People were really polite and asked, like, Yes, we didn't get a single creepy question. Not any creepy questions. Uh, but you guys all sent in some amazing questions, so we're going to answer them as many as we can in the time that we have. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I am, I just finished reading, uh, The Changeling. Oh, by Victor Lavelle. Yeah, it's so so good. good. Did you recommend that to me? I did. Oh, you probably talked about it on the show. I did. I'm pretty sure I did. It's very good. Oh, it's so good. It takes, like, so people who haven't read it, it takes, like, the Changeling narrative, the story, but, like, updates it and makes it like a new thing and so it's the point of view of this guy who's living in new york and essentially his wife how do how do i not give things away on this book it you know what it's a hard book to talk about because there are a few big twists yeah but it involves uh, a family in new york city and a child disappearance and a parent disappearance yeah and it's sort of a mystery, but also sort of horror, but it's, very literary. It's very dark, I yes, would say, but but, but super literary. I it's my first time reading. I actually have never read the Ballad of Black Tom, which oh, is crazy. So good. It's and then I immediately added that to my library queue because I was like, if I if I loved this this much, then I definitely should read his other work. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are you reading, Mallory? I am reading, or I'm listening to on uh, on audio a book called "This Will Be My Undoing" by oh, uh, yeah. Morgan Jerkins, yeah. and it is a um, memoir essay collection it's all these essays about being a black woman black feminism the intersection of being a black woman and being a feminist in america and it's incredible it's so good it's so she said and it's cool because she is the narrator of the audiobook too so you're getting like the doubly awesome super intimate essay memoir experience um about halfway through it now and it's so compelling it's I mean, there are definitely things that are that are sad and hard to listen to, but it's so important, especially me as a white lady, uh, just li- like listening to her experiences. Uh, I think everybody should read this book. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Julia. And she says, I recently read Camp So-and-So by Mary McCoy and Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantaro, which we both loved. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered that youngish people going on spooky supernatural adventures, especially if there are queer female characters, is 100% my wheelhouse. And if you know any similar books, I'd love to read them. Mallory, what do you think? Uh, so all the love for young people on spooky adventures. Uh, this is a, a like a little chunk of wheelhouse that I also love. Uh, I have a ton of comic recommendations for this. Um, also, you definitely should check out the Courtney Crumrin series. I love that so much. Uh, but for a book, uh, if I had to just pick one, I think you should read Asylum by Madeline Rue. Uh, it's horror YA and has queer protagonists. It's really fun. It's really spooky. It's kind of multimedia because it's like a lot of pictures in there. It's like almost Miss Peregrine's kind of deal. Uh, but it's amazing. What about you, Bria? Mallory and I both loved the book 
uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, uh, which is very good by Grady Hendrix. It's uh, very spooky. Very it actually scary. scared me. I, I mean, that's the one thing I would say. I mean, this person says spooky is fine. Um, it involves demons, and it, it's basically like sort of a coming-of-age slash exorcism story. Which is a Venn diagram. Like a Venn diagram I want to be in the middle of. Exactly. The one other book I want to recommend is, um, or the series is the Wayward Children series. That was starting with Every Heart a Doorway. By Sean because, McGuire. Yeah, because it's a little lighter, um, but it's basically, I've talked about it before on the show, it's the story of children who go to, like, like it's most basically children like in a, when they have to come back to the real world after going to, like, a post-Narnia Candyland world, and they come back and they're, like, lost here because they have experienced this amazing thing as, like, children and teenagers. And all, and there's a lot of queer characters in it and a lot of queer love stories. And so, it, yeah, that's definitely one as well. It's a little lighter, and but they do go on adventures while sort of trying to adjust. And, like, in the first book, there's, like, a murder mystery within it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. For our birthday, uh, we're introducing a new section of the show called Happy Bookmarks. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us with more work that we have to do. <laughs> just, just <laughs> we aren't doing it every week. It's just when we have news. It's news, just, updates, reading glasses related news. Yes. And we actually, bookmarks. we have some big news. We're very excited. It's our first live event. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, if you live in the LA area, or I guess if you have a lot of money and can fly, uh, <laughs> July 1st, Sunday at one of our favorite bookstores, the last bookstore, we are in conversation with a author that we both love and a friend of the show paul tremblay to talk about his new book his uh paul has a new book out this uh, this july or no paul has a new book out this june called the cabin at the end of the world it's already my favorite book of the year so i'm very biased uh but we're gonna be in in conversation with him we're gonna talk to him about his his book his writing horror anything you guys want to know there will be a link in the in the show notes to the event and there it is a ticketed event but only if you want a reserved seat so oh, okay. if you pay, I think it's like 30 something dollars, you get a hardcover copy of the book. Ooh. So it's not like you're paying a lot of money for a seat. You're just like basically buying the book. Yeah. And you get a reserved like chair. like $5 for a seat. Yeah. But yeah. you can also just show up. And yeah. we'll, we'll be there. You can ask us questions. You can hang out with us after the show. Uh, talk to Paul. He's fantastic. And he's a great, like, great speaker. So, yeah. Check yeah, it out. He was interviewed on the show a few episodes. Yeah, like, we did our last, year last year's Halloween episode we had, Oh, Paul. yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Listen to that episode. But, yeah, come check it out. We'd love for to pack it out and a lot of people to come. Yeah, come I don't often us. go to book events, so this is going to be a fascinating thing for You're me. You're going to experience. be at a book event. Yeah, this is kind of a magical thing for me because I've been to so many book events at the last bookstore that uh, now I'm on the stage. <laughs> now the tables are turned. <laughs> Big time, baby. So before we answer some special questions, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by Mr. Warren's Profession, a novel by Sebastian Nothwell. Lindsay Althorpe, the only son of a wealthy baronet, has never worked a day in his life. Aubrey Warren was born in a workhouse and hasn't stopped working since. Buoyed by Lindsay's optimism and fueled by Aubrey's industry, the two men strive to overcome the class gulf between them. But a horrific accident reveals a betrayal that threatens to tear them apart forever. Mr. Warren's Profession by Sebastian Nothwell is a gay Victorian romance available now on Amazon. Guys, this sounds pretty amazing. Into it. We are really excited about a gay Victorian romance. Right now, you can get it on Amazon. That's Mr. Warren's profession. 
The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alessandra Torsani, Summer, Ellen Ross, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. This week, it's our podcast anniversary. Oh, I like that. Holy crow, 50 episodes, so many books, so many snacks, so much swearing. <laughs> We're so lucky to have such a fantastic listenership, and we want to thank you all for an incredible first year of reading classes. Seriously, you guys from Go have made this show a, a success, like, right off the bat. We were stunned in the beginning by the response that we got. We're still stunned by the response that we get, and we want to thank you so much for being on this journey with us. We've learned so much. We're trying to get better at being podcasters, at having a show, at, you know, lear- learning things and getting outside of our box and talking about books and doing all the good stuff. Yeah. So uh, we have a bunch of questions that you guys sent in uh, to our uh, email account, and we're going to try to answer as many as we can without it being too long and annoying. Yeah. Uh, So first one, Nikki asks, how did you meet and decide to do this in the first place? How was the seed of this amazing project planted in your brain pans? What was the planning process like? Like a brain pan. It's like because you're like maybe your brain is like sitting in a pan inside of your head. Oh, I I was thinking like someone was like panning for gold. Oh, that's good. I see. Like sifting out the good shit. Um, how did we meet, Mallory? Oh, God. I think we met at um, a film festival called Etheria. Yeah. Which is an all—it's actually about to happen again. It's an yeah. all-female uh, director horror genre short film festival. The yeah. way I said that was confusing, but that is what it is. Yeah, it's like a one-night showcase of female-directed and written short films that are genre films. And you and I met at one of them a few years ago yeah. in— um, when I moved to L.A., we just started hanging out. Yeah. And I we always remember. talked about books. And we uh, we were, for another project, that a uh, film project that uh, we're working on together, uh, we were having dinner with the director or other writer, and we were talking about books, and Jason was like, man, you guys should make a show out of this. And we were like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, this is really good. You should. I think we were literally talking about like book lights. It was yeah. like something like yes, so that's what it was. incredibly dorky that it was like. I was recommending a book light to you because. And he was just like eyes glazed over, like totally bored. He's like, you guys should have a podcast. Like, I don't think he meant it in any way, but yeah. I feel like that's a joke people make. And we were like, we should. Yeah. And like a week it's- later, you texted me. You're like, I think we should really do this. And I was like, all right. And we just started planning it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started outlining what we wanted the show to be. Because our major thing was, like, let's not do... We don't want to do a book review show. Because I have trouble listening to book review shows. If you haven't read the book. If I haven't read the book. And I don't read a lot of the same books as other people. And and so a lot of times I'm, like, I'm subscribed to these podcasts, but I skip them a lot of weeks because I'm like, well, I haven't read that book, so I don't know what they're talking about. And you and I generally... Sometimes we have, like, a slim shared wheelhouse, but you and I both read pretty different books. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the thing. It was cool for us to do a show together because we could cover a lot of genres. And I think it was really the book light thing. That was the thing that tipped it off. We were yeah. like, what if we talked about this weird-ass minutia that readers like? <laughs> and w- the funny part was that originally was the reason people were confused about the show. When we were pitching reading glasses, we were like, all right, it's a book show, but we don't talk about books. And right. people were like, 
what the fuck does that mean? Right. And so we, we actually recorded a sample episode. That's what yeah. we did. And then we sent that out to people because we were like, what we have to like show people. Maybe we recorded more than one sample episode. I think it was two. Yeah, we did two. Because we were like, we just want to show people what this is going to look like. And yeah. then everybody, then people did understand after that. And obviously Maximum Fun really understood and yeah. gave us a show. They were like, we don't know what you guys are going to talk about in the future. <laughs> we think that you're going to run out of stuff to talk about, yeah. but we love you both. Yeah, and so let's do it. Can you sign this contract for a few years? Because like, how, what are you going to talk about in like six months? And we and Mallory's like, we're outlined for a year. <laughs> and what's funny is we're still outlined for a yeah, year. We have so much stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Stacy asks, what are the names of each of your cats and which book would they like to read based on their personality? Get it? She wrote personality. It's yeah. cute. Yeah. It's cute. Hashtag Rex for cats. So, Bria, you should probably start this out. No, oh, man. I just got one cat. <laughs> He's my fiance's cat. He's your cat, too. He, how long does it take to have, like, a, what do you call it? A, a, like, a, when an animal becomes yours. Like, a common law cat. He's a co- <laughs> how, long, how long does that take? Like Not long. Okay. Well, then he's my cat, too. His name's Malachi, and I asked uh, my fiance what book Malachi would like, and he said the book the denial of death <laughs> <laughs> that is really true and Mal- I, said, I feel like malachi is immortal i you said go- he would read the bible for his namesake <laughs> that would be my, my thing you guys what you guys don't know is that malachi is like malachi looks like a muppet he's yeah, yeah. like a he's gigantic a, persian yeah he's a persian he looks like he's being puppeted by somebody he, he doesn't, doesn't look, look like, like a jim a, henson creature yeah, yeah he's and big. he's like Gets sick all the time, but never it never takes him down. I no, feel like he's an, down, an immortal he's creature. He's a Persian. He's got health problems. Um, you guys can look at my Instagram and you'll see him because I do post he's photos of him. It, probably about once a week, I got I get a photo up there because he does dumb stuff. Cats are crazy. I love Malachi. Okay, Mallory, <laughs> are you gonna do a book recommendation? What do you? Do? How are we gonna break, Mallory? How many all cats right. do you have? <laughs> so here's the story. So. Here's the story. I started out with a <laughs> woman named Mallory. <laughs> well, that's funny that you say that because we, me and Alan always I say know. that we're the Brady Bunch of cats. Yeah, because you combine two cat households. So when I, uh, when we started this podcast, I only had two cats. I found two kittens in. Actually, I think you had zero cats. Oh my God, you're right. You had zero cats when we started. I, yeah. And no, then you found. I'm we, zero to seven. And then, <laughs> look, at, look, look at the progression. Uh, I found these last year, last May, I found these two four-week-old kittens in an alleyway. Her name is Sailor and Lula, uh, after my favorite David Lynch movie, Wild at Heart. They're my they're my babies, and I love them more than anything. Um, Lula particularly is my familiar. She is, her and I are attached to the hip. <laughs> if I could, like, carry her around in a baby Bjorn, I would all the time. She would hate that. We're very, no, she would love that, actually. We're very codependent, because yeah. we both have really bad anxiety. Oh, okay. Um, and then I started dating, in September, start of September last year, I started dating my partner, Alan and everyone looks at us and is like, "Oh, they have all these cats." Mallory is such a crazy cat lady. Listen, guys, <laughs> Alan had six cats when we started dating. <laughs> we have, and uh, we ended up finding a home for one of them because she didn't. They're all like, dumpster cats. They're, they're all cats that like found. They're all the trash cats. They're yeah. all they're all uh, garbage babies. Yeah, I, I say that in the most like <laughs> literally, we literally found them in the garbage. Yeah, that, I'm not. That's not a like bad situ- like bad d- judgment of them. Like I fa- we found them in the garbage. Um. And we found a home for one of them. So there's one who lives outside, and her name is Jinx. Uh, and then I moved in. I moved the kittens in, and we kept five of or four of them. So then now we have a total of seven with one outside. And there's, there's Sailor, Lula, Hex, Baratheon, Banshee, and Logan. Logan like Wolverine Logan. Uh, Hex is Bria's boyfriend. Yeah, he loves me. 
Uh, but they are all they're all rescues. Uh, we don't know how old some of them are because they were one of them was found in a parking lot, and one of them was found in a bush, and one of them was found in a box on somebody's doorstep. Uh, I'm not going to do recommendations for all of them because it, it's just I have too many cats, guys. Well, but maybe you should. Dec- do I'm going to do for one. For one. Uh, and they, and it, before anyone asks, like they all get along, they love each other, they cuddle together all the time. We have a really we live in a huge loft workspace, so there's space for all of them. You never see all of them at once unless they're hungry. Bria got to see them us feeding them once, and she was like, "Oh it's my chaos. god, it's pure chaos." It's like being in a Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> but I will do a recommendation for Lula uh, and its girl boss by Sophia uh, Moruso because Lula, she is the tiniest cat we have. She is like by an order of magnitude. She She's very petite, fully grown, and she's the queen. She rules over all the other cats. She's the only girl. All the boys are terrified of her. She gets top choice in laps and food and treats and toys. So Lula would read Girl Boss to further her reign. If you had to recommend, like, if it was a book club for your cats, like you guys all went to a book club, what book would you recommend that all the cats would like? They all kind of have dark names, but they don't have dark personalities. No, except for Logan. Logan is our goth cat. He's yeah. all black, and he's very whiny, and he just, like, listens to the Smiths all day. And yeah, yeah, He's very, very sad. <laughs> uh, I would probably... All of the cats. I don't know. I honestly, I don't think I, I. I would. I think I would discourage them from having a book club because I don't want them to be organized. <laughs> Me and Alan are constantly under this moment where like we are outnumbered. Yeah, you like are. if they got if they started like organizing and got together in a force, like we would have to. They were like they all ganged up on us and were like, "Give us your credit card." We could say that about it. if the, if cats suddenly got organized in general, we would all be very fucked. Yeah, I mean, if they stacked on top of each other and put a trench coat on and took our credit card, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, or just killed you, <laughs> or just murdered us. If they you know? just like if cats got organized and started killing us all in our sleep, yeah, I, we would just be fucked. But you can you can look on my Twitter and my Instagram. I post photos of them all the time. Uh, I'm I am a crazy cat lady. I'm obsessed with the cats. Like half of my day. Do you think you have that parasite? Oh, probably that parasite that makes you honestly. Love cats? I'm probably fully controlled by them at this point. <laughs> it's insane. Half of my day is me going, Alan. Alan, look what Baratheon's doing. This Alan. is true. I've been there when it happens. Alan, look. And, and by the way, he's doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's not literally not doing a thing. It's so cute. Uh, so Lauren asks, I want to know what makes you stop reading a book. For example, I stopped reading a contemporary romance novel mid-paragraph because the male character thought to himself something about how he should have spanked the heroine for saying something mildly insulting. Gross. How do you answer this one? Wait, for to make you stop reading. Yeah, what's a book? something that you will that Ugh. always will make you stop reading a book? Any, if I'm just bored. Yeah, if I'm bored, I put it down and very quickly. Or if the writing is really bad. What about you? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll put a book down if I'm bored. I'll put a book down if there's something like I had a hard time reading a book recently because there was a lot of violence against animals. Oh yeah, uh, that I have a hard time with. Um, if a book is super misogynist or like just like really, really problematic. It was a book that I started recently and it was a book from the 70s and it opened and the character was just like saying a bunch of like wicked racist stuff. And I was like, Ugh. I just yeah. like couldn't. Not, couldn't, not good. Couldn't do that. Yeah. I yeah. Have a, yeah. I feel like I don't, maybe it's just the authors I read. I don't come across that kind of stuff as much. I read a lot of older stuff. Yeah. And it it's really, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, people reading this in the 70s would probably be like, oh, it's just whatever. But now, like, like reading it as a 27-year-old in the, nowadays, I was like, this is not okay. Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's very – most, with, but most of the time if I'm, like, putting down a book, it's because I'm bored. Yeah. I will also say if I have, like, some books that I'm really looking forward to and I'm reading a book that I'm just, like, not that into, I'll just put it down. I'll just put it down and just stop mid-read. I read about a half of a book on my trip because I was like, I just feel like it's going to get better. And then I was like, I have so many better books on my Kindle. But I read a lot, like tr- really trying to get through it. But it was so not well-written that I couldn't handle it and quit yeah. reading it. So Olivia asks, what books have betrayed you? Those that sound interesting or really good up until something happens that make you literally throw it across the room or at least want to when you can't, like with an audiobook. I've been betrayed a few times. Yeah, by what? Oh, God, I hate talking about books I don't like on the show. Uh, But this happens to me pretty frequently. Like, uh, a book will start out wicked good, and then about halfway through it just, like, drops off and becomes wicked boring. Yeah. Or um, there was a a book I read recently, uh, The Club Dumas by Arturo Perez Reverte. And it started out amazing, and there was like, ooh, could be some Satan stuff. Awesome. And it just got so lame oh yeah like it turned sorry and i'm breaking my mallory rule i'm trying not to be as boiler as possible but like it was one of those books where it's it seems like something cool and supernatural is happening and like that whole storyline got like just fizzled out and something totally else happened and this I was, is what this is how you betray Mallory is you start with supernatural and then reveal it is not supernatural. That's the worst. <laughs> that's, that's the number one thing. So that's, the, that's what you hate. Just in case, by the way, uh, surprise, it's not Satan. I was like, man, and like the explanation for it wasn't good. <laughs> I liked it that your number one like thing you hate is like it's not, not Satan. Not enough. Satan not, there's for not me. enough Satan in this book for me. More satanic I, things. I need please. more Satan. Bri, have you ever been betrayed by a book? Yes, I was gonna bring up a book I know I don't often talk about books I don't like I actually really like this book but was betrayed by it it's called We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves oh by Karen Fowler yes okay did you read that no okay it's actually a very good book like a, it's it's quite a good book but the problem was I was reading it and I was like wow the whole I don't know can I can I spoil a little bit of it go for it okay so Fast forward right now, if you haven't read this book and you're planning on reading, we are all completely beside ourselves, which came out like five years ago or something. Um, Basically, at the beginning, she talks about her sibling and how her sibling, I can't remember if it's a brother or sister, uh, they end up getting rid of the sibling. And it's this whole thing, and you're like, this is horrifying, the way they treat this child. And then you find out later it's a monkey. But she was raised with it like it was her sibling. (laughs) Yeah, but it is what the book is actually about. Okay. So it's this weird thing where that doesn't happen. You don't find out that the sibling is a monkey until about a third of the way through the book. Is that too big of a spoiler? Should I not say that? Okay, it's in, it's like on the Goodreads page. It says, I spent the first 18 years of my life defined by one fact that I was raised with a chimpanzee. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a spoiler. But you do like think that it's a person. And so it was this weird, like, I felt like I was a little like... What is the word? Uh, like tricked. I felt like I was tricked. <laughs> I don't want. Mo- I didn't know there were going to be monkeys in this book. <laughs> I specifically requested a non-monkey book. Here's the thing: I love a monkey book, but I was just like surprised. The thing is, it's really stuck with me, and it's a very good book. It's just this thing where I was like, I was like, I can't remember the guy I was dating at the time. I was like, this book I'm reading is about a monkey. It's about a monkey, and he was like, what? And I was like, I can't explain to you how weird I feel. Like that I've been assuming this was a person, which was her goal clearly. Yeah. But anyway, it's actually a great book. If anybody I was wants say, to pick it up, sounds like this. The writing was really good. Yeah, it was really good. But she characterized this monkey so much. She anthropomorphized this monkey to the point where 
it passed as a human. Yeah. That's what's so weird. Because when you grow up with a monkey and you're a child, you do think of it as your sibling. So before we answer more questions, we're going to take a quick break. Shirts, stickers, patches, posters, tote bags, aprons. Sure, you might have some of these things already. But do they rep your favorite MaxFun shows? We've got brand new items in stock at MaxFunStore.com. So why not stock up on gear that shows off the podcast you love? MaxFunStore.com. It's good stuff. We swear. Hey, Reading Glasses listeners. Guess what? Mallory and I are doing a live stream book club the first week of June for the book Circe by Madeline Miller. We had such a great fun drive that we wanted to do something to give back. And so we hope you will join us the first week of June. Stay tuned to our social media to see when exactly it's going to be. Um, But we are excited to talk to you guys about the book Circe by Madeline Miller. We will both be reading it and we hope you will read it too and tune in to the live stream to talk to us about it. You can interact. Maybe you can come on it. I don't really know how things like this work. It's very exciting. We will see you then. And we're back. Uh, Eric asks, what's the wittiest book or quote from a book that you've ever read? What's yours, Bria? I I do love witty books by female comedians, and I was trying to think of my favorite one, and I think it's Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. It's not, like, incredibly super funny. I've never read it, so. It's not, like, super funny, but the way she writes is very witty. Like, it's not, like, joke, joke, joke. It's, like, more about her life and, like, real actual things that happen to her. But she's just very funny, and when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah. I Like, and any kind of, like, bossy pants I think is also very, like, witty. Like, these, like, comedians, when they write a book, they know how to write jokes. So it's, like, incredibly witty. So anything like that. What about you? I mean, I... I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to (laughs) say. And I fought so hard not to say this, but it's just, like... It it it's it's the wittiest book I've ever read. It's Priest Daddy by Perdita Lockwood. Like her jokes are so they are so funny. I wanted to put funny. this down, and I almost was set, said it, but I was like, I got to think of something else because I know Mallory is going to say Priest Daddy. I, I did my best. I really like. I stood in my library, and I like there there are some runners up there. Like Caitlin Moran is really really funny. Shrill by Lindy West is funny. Mm-hmm. Like there's some really great. Uh, you can't touch my hair by Phoebe Robinson is really funny. There's so many good uh, witty bu- books, but Patricia Lockwood's Priest Daddy. You can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mary asked, to, a twofer actually, um, first question, and Mary, I love you forever for this. She says, what book is Mallory actually working on? You talked about it a lot on today's podcast. She's referring to our uh, episode with Nava Wolf about how books are made. Uh, but what's the subject? It is, a, is it a secret? Uh, no, it is not a secret. Uh, the it's on, I think it's already on Goodreads, and it's on my website. It's on my publisher's website. Um, my book is called The Lady from the Black Lagoon, and it is a biography of the woman who designed the creature from the Black Lagoon. Her name is Millicent Patrick. Uh, she was also one of Disney's first animators. And uh, back in the 50s when the creature from the Black Lagoon was being made, she designed the creature. And when the movie came out, Universal Studios was so... Uh, blown away by her personality she was super beautiful she was super electric that they wanted to send her on a press tour to promote like the the creature like the beauty you know the beauty that created the beast but the guy who ran the universal monster shop was so jealous of her that while she was on tour he blacklisted her and fired her and she came back and never designed another movie monster ever again and then disappeared 
from the public eye. No one knows what happened to her. No one even know when she died, except for me. Uh, so I went on a year-long private investigation of her life and, and uncovered everything. I found out everything about her life, which was even crazier than I previously imagined. She worked on so many classic uh, monster movies, sci-fi movies, um, animated films, um, she did all this stuff. So it's also a memoir of like, okay, this all, all this shitty stuff happened in the 50s. Uh, why is it still relevant now? And I'm a producer in the same uh, corner of the film industry that she is. And so it's also a memoir of like, oh, wow, so you think this stuff is bad? Well, here are stories from my own life working in horror film of like ways that I've been discriminated against, harassment that I've received, and like my own, you know, finding feminism in the horror, horror community and finding other women and how we fix it. And, um, yeah, that's my book. It's coming yeah. out. I think our, our the new pub date is next March, which is terrifying. Um, You're on Goodreads. You are, in fact, on Goodreads. That's crazy. No one has reviewed it. Uh, but people it's not, have marked not... it as... Oh, a lot of people have marked it to read. No way. Like, 17 pe- people... No, 17 friend reviews. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, 17 people, I fucking love you. Thank you very much. So if you like, if you're into Hollywood history, if you're into feminism, if you're into horror, if you're into memoirs, uh, if you're into me, I make a, my editor is amazing. Uh, Peter Joseph uh, is fantastic. He let me keep a bunch of my stupid jokes and my footnotes. <clears throat> I think these are my friends have marked it to read. Oh my God. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, check it out. It looks like it's a lot crazy. of people have marked it to read. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I'll put it up when the pre-order is going. Um, yeah, it's sort of so it's like it's a mystery and a memoir and a biography and a sort of feminist genre lady called arms all together. There's no cover of the book. So it's just like looks like if you like looked up book like in a video game, it's just like looks like a like a drawing of a book. This is the lady from the black dot dot dot. <laughs> and like it's a really funny photo because there's hilarious. no cover of your book. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm is I, I'm not allowed to talk about this in public yet, but at some point. I have some very exciting news about the cover that Ooh. makes me very, very happy. Um, stay it's, tuned for that. So, Mary, thank you for asking. It's This book has been the culmination of many years of my life savings and work, uh, and I'm very excited that it is uh, going to be out in the world soon. Uh, but she, Mary also wanted to know, uh, what podcast would you recommend for someone who can't focus on audiobooks but doesn't want to listen to music at a desk job? I have 5,000 recommendations for this. I so. know, me too. So let's um, pick, she like, said she, she liked S-Town Lore and Ear Hustle. She prefers conversation podcasts rather than someone like reading a script, which I just want to say, Laura is a script. That's like he's just reading that. But I love that podcast. Yeah. But S Town is I mean, more of a like. Aaron Mankey was on the show. Yeah. S Town is more of an investigation podcast. Um, what do you recommend for this? Uh, so I know we have, I listen to so many podcasts. I listen, I'm, I'm super into radio dramas, oh, which is yeah. crazy because I, I listen to so many audiobooks, but I just listen. I like, I do audio. How do you all these stories straight? I well, I listen to radio dramas at night. Me and Alan listen to them before we go to bed because they help me. I'm not. I've, I've cured my insomnia, but I. So I used to. I used to listen to them when I was a really bad insomniac. Um, but now I just listen to them because I like them. But I do audiobooks during the day. Um, my favorite is the Black Tapes, which is a horror radio oh, yeah. drama. So mm-hmm. if you're into lore, um, also Lime Town is a really great one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lu- uh, Lucy D is a really great one. Uh, that's Al- a radio drama? Yeah. Alice Isn't Dead is another one. It's like weird fiction, but also kind of noir-y, mystery. Um, uh, Rabbits is another sci-fi one by the people who did Black Tapes. Yeah, cool. Uh, and if you look up any podcast from Pacific Northwest Stories, they have a lot of really great, like, super compelling, very well-made, uh, horror, weird fiction, sci-fi genre radio dramas. What are your recommendations, Bria? 
I'm going more of the conversation route because I like to like learn things with my podcasts. So I do listen to the TED Talks one, um, which is just they take TED like several TED Talks and like put them all into like one podcast, which is pretty interesting to me. Um, if you listen to this show, I feel like you might like Imaginary Worlds, which is one about like just like fantasy and sci-fi culture. Ooh, so like they did like an episode about like the Harry Potter world and people who are really into Harry Potter. People and they are did, real guys. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you know. Yeah, but people are really into Harry people Potter. love Harry Potter. And they did one recently just on like the Doctor Who fandom, and like it's like it's really good. I like that one. Um, I do listen to a lot of ones that are just, like, about writing and stuff, so I feel like those ones. And I listen to a lot of makeup ones, and so I'm not going to recommend those. Makeup podcast. Yeah, I listen to one called, I will recommend this, called Natch Butte, and it is. You know, I just recently learned that Natch is short for natural. Yeah, that's what it's I about. No, about. I never knew it's what like, that meant. She recommends, like, she has guests on, but she recommends, like, um, like vegan, cruelty-free products, which I wish it's all I bought but it's not and I realized it by listening to this podcast yeah, so now I'm like attention. getting I'm like getting rid of all of my like non-vegan non-cruelty free products um Invisibilia is a good one revisionist history obviously the one I think that everyone listens to which I think is a good one for us people similar to us is my favorite murder but maybe people are not into that one I don't know I feel like there's a it's two girls talking about a thing but mostly Two women talking about a thing. Yeah. So if you if you are also if you're interested in serial killers just as much as you're interested in books, my favorite murder is probably the best one. Also, can I pet your dog? I guess. Yeah. If you're into dogs, because it's more about a lot of these podcasts. You're like tuning in to listen, like those kind. Like I'm tuning in for the murders, but I'm mostly tuning in for those two women because I think they are so funny. So I think that's a good one. But I I don't know if there's like a crossover with the people who listen to us. If that's a my favorite murder, Eating th- Glasses crossover one. Yeah, I, I think that works. So last one, Julia asked, Bria, what were your thoughts on Bread and Prejudice? As a reminder, I just recently read Bread and Prejudice, which I read in high school, said I didn't like it. Like it. I reread it. And Julia is keeping an eye on your Goodreads thing. She she asked, she was like, I know you didn't like it enough to give it a five star on Goodreads. I did not like Bread and Prejudice. <laughs> and I'm sticking with that. I did not like it. It is boring. I know a lot of people enjoy it. I get it. I get why I get why it's important, but that doesn't mean I have to I like can I respect still haven't its read importance. persuasion yet. What? I still haven't read persuasion yet. Yeah. I get why it's important. I totally do. It's a very important book. It's an important historical book and a piece of historical fiction, but that doesn't mean I had to enjoy the reading. One day I just forced myself to finish it because I was reading it for a project. Bam! You guys had some great questions. We're sorry we, we couldn't get to all of them. There were a couple other recommendation requests that we couldn't get to. But we're running out of time. Guys, folks, wonderful people, thank you for a year of reading glasses. We can't even believe it. Uh, as always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Christine and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. That's like one of the things I'm most proud of the show is like the fan group that has sprung yeah, up around cool. reading glasses. You folks are fucking awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Like the uh, the incredible active community that reading glasses has is just amazing and if you want to help celebrate our birthday remember you can buy reading glasses tote bags and bookmarks in the max fun store there's always a link in the show notes so you can show off for your love of reading and help support us if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us and helps us reach more readers reading glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through greta go to g-r-e-t-t-a.com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite reading glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading, reading. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.